0: Kia this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard.
1: Kia ora, Wellington. Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm Laura.
0: And I'm Sadie.
1: Welcome back to the studio for the second half of the show. I'm... I've just swooped in as a (laughs) co-host.
0: She's (laughs) appeared through the door (laughs) and seized control. (laughs)
1: Um, uh, Yes, but I was listening to the interview in the first half and it was really great. Love it, Katia. Go find it in your podcast feed. Sadie, I'll let you get into it for the second half.
0: Great. Um, My guest today is from an organisation called Woman in Urbanism Aotearoa. Um, who have a mission to transform our towns into more beautiful, inspiring, inclusive places for everyone. Um, her name is Gabriela Jimenez Rojas.
2: Hi, Gabriela. Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So the Women in Urbanism Aotearoa group, I came across them just on Facebook, as you do. Mm-hmm. They seem to be mostly based in Auckland, but
2: you also have a few of you here in Wellington? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the us started in Auckland. Um, it was just a group of really cool ladies that decided that they wanted to do more in the advocacy space around women and our experience, and um, working in the industry, they found that they were sometimes more the only um, women at the table, and thought that there needed to be more done to bring women's experiences through to that kind of urban um, infrastructure, housing kind of sector and space. Um, since then it's grown a lot. Um, we've got people down here in Wellington, um, in Christchurch and recently had a bunch of emails from women just all over Aotearoa asking of how, where they can get events and um, and mahi started in the regions, which is pretty cool. Um, so growing as quickly and as Fastly as possible. Fastly is not a word, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so it's gaining a greater presence is generally um, what we want, and so that we can get more of that kind of whakeneh perspective throughout um, New Zealand. But uh, yeah, the the neuron seemed to start in 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 Auckland. So
0: yeah. right. So are you are you all working in. Um, You're all urban planners and architects and designers?
2: Not necessarily. It happens that um, I think a few of the founders ended up being women that started in the industry. Um, Since then, our only... uh, What's the word? The only thing that you need to be is a self-identifying woman, and you need to care about cities, and that's um, our only thing that we ask. If if you want to be part of it, it... a Facebook group and uh, just a wider community so yeah
0: but um so you're an urban planner yourself I am yes do you have uh, um voices within the industry like yourself
2: Mm-hmm. yeah so putting pressure um on? Emma is one of our founders a, a designer for a sustainable transport consultancy called Emma Cagney in Auckland um I know a couple of other of us work at a company called Oricon which is a Advisory engineering, um, a couple of other engineering Auckland Council, Wellington Council, um, Greater Wellington, even a few in Christchurch City Council. So we've got almost uh, just a bunch of members kind of everywhere. Yeah. Cool.
0: So why is there a need for people pushing for you know advocacy for women's voices to be heard in urban design?
2: So. What we found is that women's experiences tend to differ quite a lot from men in the city um, and that women tend to play that kind of advocacy role for other types um, of vulnerable people's elderly, children, um, the people that we tend to take that caretaker role on for. Um, And those voices don't tend to be heard as often. No one's, as much as people say, what about the children? Um, (laughs) We don't really think about what it's like to be two feet off the ground and walking on a, like on a, footpath with huge two-ton cars around you all the time or being frail and not being able to move as fast or as um in in the general lines that we expect to Mm. women have different um transport patterns we tend to trip train a lot more so instead of going um from work to home which is why a lot of our cities tend to be commuter cities is um they tend to think that you know suburbs and then CBD are the perfect way to go back and forth. That doesn't really tend to work for um, women and, well, and it's kind of a spoke people. design. Yeah. Um, yeah, which that doesn't really happen. Women tend to go work to the grocery store to pick up the kids, to um, go do a different random errand, and then go home, or the other way around, or but so we find that the way that our cities have been designed kind of really exclude the way that women need them to work. Mm. Um, And in the same way, kids need to go from school to after-school activities to their friend's house to home, and there's not safe and um, appropriate ways for that to be done now in the way that our cities have been designed. And it's not just Wellington, it's Auckland, and it's around New Zealand and throughout the world, really. Um, Things from as... Um things like pedestrian footpath sizes that don't that aren't wide enough for people with oh, yeah. a pram or with a wheelchair or anything. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um so things like that tend to change the way you think about it once you're in a position to be vulnerable or to need something other than the um able, strong like male type of experience, which is who our designers have been historically. Yeah, I
0: noticed it myself when I gave up work to be a parent. Yeah. is a whole different layer of the city behaving in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And your eyes just are not open to it, I think, male or female when you're in that nine-to-five kind of environment. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. a lot of designing tends to come from a lot of privilege and you think about your experience as a person and if you're 25 to 30 years old um, and have never had any experiences of being um, weak or um, you know, having to rely on something else to help you get around then, then the way that the city works is completely different mm-hmm. and you think everything is so easy and so everything looks like it should be easy but in reality, all the things that we don't think about are huge hindrances to other people. Mm. Something as dumb as a pothole in the middle of the street can seriously hurt someone if they're not, they are not—they don't have the ability to, to get around it or um, not having an access ramp. And you've got a 30kg baby and a pram.
0: And, and three bags of groceries. And three yeah. bags of
2: groceries. <laughs> and a toddler you need to like try and wrangle. Yeah. So all of it really plays into the way that we use the cities and even things like um, having blind corners and um, not being able to see around the edge of a building. Mm-hmm. Um, lighting, uh, there's a concept in urban design that's um, SEPTED, which is crime prevention through environmental design. But in reality, it's more just like safety and design. Mm-hmm. Um, things like being able to have clear sight lines and um, no shadows and, and weird Dark spots around the city at night. It's yeah. it all plays into that kind of feeling of being safe and um, and being able to own your space mm. in the city. Um, mm. Which we found that a lot of women, especially through a campaign that we have on at the moment, it's called Stop Public Street Harassment. Um, they found that they've had all these experiences of feeling really unsafe and and had these experiences of been of being harassed and, and other things um, through their experiences on transport and in, in public spaces. And there's not really one way we can tackle that until we go back and we look at the fundamental way that we end up designing the spaces mm-hmm. around us and the way we interact with them.
0: That stop public harassment campaigns a really powerful one, I think. Yeah. Have you had much response from men? Um, have they been surprised that women feel like this?
2: I think to some extent we've had, we've had a range of, ex- uh, of uh, yeah, responses. Um, some from men who are really um, supportive of the Kopapa but like tend to bring it into a really weirdly violent space and it's just like, we need to stop all these people and they should be cold. And, and we're like, nah, <laughs> too far, <laughs> too far the other way. But um, other men that have really said, like, this is kind of opened my eyes, I didn't realise this is the experiences that women were having. Even me going home after sharing some of those campaigns with um, my flatmates and my friends and then being like, is this actually what your experience is on, a, on an everyday level? And I'm like, yes, there's no way you're going to see me walking home. Like, from the city to Newtown at night, there's, n- there's no way. I'm never going to do it. And it's so mind-boggling to them because it's something they don't even think about. Mm. Um, and it's the fact that they don't think about it is is what's really beginning to opening their eyes. Um, on the other hand, we've also had, why isn't there a man in urbanism? And it's like, well, nah, go look at every board that you're ever on. Yeah. <laughs> um, or any transport panel that you go to or an infrastructure panel or any kind of event that you're looking at. Um, there are men everywhere. You're yeah. not underrepresented here, so um, obviously there has allowances for in, Indigenous perspectives and everything. But um, yeah, it's not it's not the same level of disparity between experiences. And um, I think that's what we're really trying to to bring to the table is a diversity of experiences, whether that mm-hmm. be um, women, or elderly, or children's experiences. Um, Wahina Māori experiences, Indigenous experiences. So, yeah, cool. really trying to push for that. So, what brought you to this work? Um, I was in uni, and I think one of my friends added me to the Facebook group, and I thought it was amazing, and I really wanted to meet these women. Um, and I, as soon as I got there, we went to a hui, or they started a hui, and it was a real sense of community. And I really loved the koopa that they were about. Um, And we have built such a great support network, I find, um, through the women I got to experience being around and um, the mentors that they've they've been able to give me. I started, when I was in Auckland, I went to uni there, at a, uh, I was doing a Bachelor of Urban Planning, and then came down to Wellington, um, and they really supported me in my journey to try and bring that more here, and um, with everything, and all the public things that we have happening around Wellington, it, it's a shame that we don't have more of a present here, but um, trying to bring that, so... We've started uh, what we call Wale Wahine lunch. Uh, we had our first one last month. And then we have our next one on the 3rd at about 1pm.
0: Whereabouts will it to come to that
2: go? Um, it is on Little Willow Street on the Mojo. So it's inside the Spark Tower. Okay. So yeah. anyone
0: can come to that? Anyone can come. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. So you're not from Wellington. are you? I saw actually... Facebook stalking. You're
2: from Peru <laughs> originally, is that right? Uh yeah, yeah, I am. Um, came here when I was like nine months old, so I grew up in Auckland mostly. Right. Yeah, but both my parents um, are from there. Immigrated. Mm-hmm. I immigrated. I guess. Um, my little sister was born here, so yeah. You don't really have an urban experience to
0: compare to from back there, then.
2: Um no, I've been back a couple of times. I know. Traffic, if we think Auckland is bad, South America is a thousand times worse, if not more. Hard to (laughs) imagine. Yeah, so someone in, like, the far right lane will be trying to turn left kind of experience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. So really kind of scary, honestly. Um, And then just yeah feelings of safety and everything are completely different um with the way that those com- like cultures and everything work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of don't uh, you know go out by yourself and all of that kind of things, but that's also remnants of stuff that's happened a while ago so yeah it's a it's a different world, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful as well so
0: yeah are there any places in the world that are doing this really well making inclusive urban environments?
2: Yeah, we've seen quite a few places, um, mostly in Europe, have started really trying to do that kind of um, inclusivity and and really putting the money where their mouth is through design. Mm. Um, Vienna is one that comes to mind. They have a whole gender mainstreaming um, aspect to their city plan, so things as simple as um, fixing all the lighting and making sure that it's nice and bright and doesn't cause any shadow areas and everything, to um, they've put on all of their staircases little rampy bits on on the outside of the steps so that um, anyone on a wheelchair and a pram, given the right grading, can just push it down instead of having to try and, like... <laughs> Yeah. Um I'm doing a weird hand yeah, movement.. Yeah, but, true. Um, <laughs> yeah a bouncy. Hand yeah, bounce movement. it down the yeah. stairs. <laughs> um, so things like that have just they've and, and widening the the footpaths and um, putting in more public transport modes and methods and and really like streaming streamlining the um, city experiences, they've found that I think someone else has made public transport free. Which has also mm. been a huge um, help, I think, and and <coughs> they've seen a lot of um, the mode share has changed dramatically within the last like three months or so that it's been implemented. Um, so things like that, they've found that women are coming back and their feedback and um, submissions on on the whole process have been overwhelmingly positive, and they've started seeing. Um, more use of public spaces and, and everything through simple improvements and really um, low hanging fruit kind of achievements. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's a lot of work and a lot of mahi happening around the world, but we're trying to get on it get in on it, I guess. <laughs> um, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head.
0: Have you had any successes so far either in Auckland or Wellington or Christchurch?
2: Um yeah, well, with the last uh, local government kind of election cycle, we've had a lot of interest coming from different councillors around this country. Um, in particular, with Auckland and um, the last one in Wellington, I know we're setting in some stuff up with um, Councilor Laurie Foon and um, and Jenny Condy and. Uh, Tamatha Paul, and everyone's really interested in meeting with us and talking about Arahi and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Minister Julianne Gent is a huge supporter of our work, which is awesome. Um, she tries to come as, to as many events as she possibly can, which has given her busy schedule, whereas we're more than thankful for. Um, what else? I know we have some kind of ongoing meetings with... Auckland Transport to try and work off um, mahi from our Stop Public Harassment campaign and really build some sort of way that we can, uh, first of all, identify, like, problem areas and then figure out a way that we can um, work with them to help redesign or, or do, some, do some stuff around um, making those areas slightly safer. Um, I know Victoria in Australia did a really cool... Um, public campaign um, with its transport network that uh, was just all about stopping public harassment and, and, and in particular women, harassment against women and violence against, violence against women in public spaces and on public transport. So I think ideally we would love to do something in collaboration with um, Auckland Transport and the transport agency around that, Should be really cool.
0: Could be a great time if they're going to be rebuilding the Wellington public transport system. Yeah, fingers crossed. Do you have some input around that?
2: Um, I haven't had too much bad experiences on Wellington's public transport network. I hear that it was a lot better before I arrived. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I only moved down at the beginning of the year, so I think I missed the real change of like. I forget what you guys call it. Is it like bus maggoten or something like that? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I am trying to think. <laughs>
2: It'll be something like that. <laughs> something like that, that. It was just it. Was the apocalypse for public transport in Wellington? Yeah, apocalypse. Um, <laughs> yeah, apocalypse. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, something bad. Yeah, something yeah. <laughs> something terrible. Uh, coming from Auckland, my parents live probably the equivalent of about where Tower is. Um, Which is really super normal. It's just another suburb. Mm. But um so I think one time I was trying to get to uni, I got on the bus at seven AM and was still late to my nine AM class. So I live in Mount Vic now. It's uh it's a lot easier to get around. (laughs) Right. So you'd be walking, yeah. Mostly. Um so yeah, I found the trains are really easy, but there's always some stuff we can do. The Golden Mile and Let's Get Wellington Moving is so exciting and will probably transform the way the city gets used. I can only hope that, you know, the packages get delivered the way that I want them to. <laughs> but, you know, that's up to um, the councillors and, and, and the mayor and to deliver what they think is best for the city. Sure,
0: yeah. I guess in strong advocacy, if you get more um, women coming along to some of your lunches. Oh, yeah, and, definitely.
2: Yeah. 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 There's of. a big submission process on at the moment for Let's Get William Moving, for the Golden Mile, and for the safer streets part of it, whereas they want to bring speeds down in the central city, which is would would be incredible, I think, Um just for the way that the city gets to move and, and bringing more people into the into yeah. the central areas without having to worry about getting run over.
0: Yeah.
1: Do <laughs> you, you a big have a question, bus? Laura? Yeah, I wanted to jump in um, with a question. Yeah. Uh, I guess is it is it leadership from councillors that you really need to sort of like make urbanism inclusive, like make cities really livable and walkable for everyone who lives here, um, or do you need like to infiltrate the design teams at uh, the tra- and, and like transport planning teams at various cities and government agencies.
2: Um, it's a little of both. Yeah, I would say like the designers are a huge part of it, but at the end of the day, the councillors are the ones that appoint those designers. Um, like they award the tenders and and the portfolios. They choose the options. Um, they vote on on what they think should be in those packages. Um, And they're the ones that advocate through to central government um, for everything as well. So they're a huge, important part, and which is why local government is so important. And I keep trying to tell everybody about this. Um, (laughs) Vote. 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 Um, (laughs) Disappointing turnout last time. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) um, not ideal. But, um, yeah, so... I think one of the main things we want to do in the new year is um, try get as many councillors on board with the co-puppet of um, women and urbanism as p- possible, and get them kind of more informed because they can only do so much if they don't know what's happening and and what kind of things are going on and what they should know. Um, we know that a lot of councillors are just regular people who have decided that they care enough about their cities to wanna to wanna run and represent mm-hmm. the people that are in their wards and in their areas so um it's our job to to bring that advocacy and to bring those um resources and and everything to them so they can know um and then decide if if they don't like it then that's fine but as long as that they're informed and um and have those have those views at the very least Mm -hmm. you know can I also ask about my
1: uh, my own personal interests in, in navigating the city? Is it is a um is a friendly urban environment for women and other like diff- people of different abilities and different minorities? Is it is it also a place where I can ride my bicycle? Definitely. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, I was honestly really surprised. I thought Wellington would have a better cycle network. Um I'm a little embarrassed to say that Auckland's is, is trumping a Wellington's right now, which mm. I didn't think was going to happen. And I think even Christchurch's does. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, like, I brought a- my bike down thinking I was going to get to use it like, most of the time. And I don't think it's come off my landing since I moved, which is terrible. But I also just... <laughs> don't see i don't want to be on courtney place with all the buses and the cars and everything i'm terrified i'm not that great of a rider not that <laughs> confident can't take a lane so <laughs> i need interesting <laughs> i need my little uh separated cycle infrastructure please <laughs> but that's um like it's hugely important like we if we want kids to be more active if we want to improve like mental and social connections to the city and to other people and make a community like bringing people out into spaces is the best way to do that. And you can't get a four-year-old in the middle of the street. Like it's not possible. And you can also not expect them to be on the sidewalk where other vulnerable people are either. So um, it's hard because then they put, like they pit us against each other. Um, You know, big, huge car lobbyists want to keep the road for themselves And then you have cyclists and pedestrian and elderly and children and they're all fighting for that 1.5 metres worth of space and everybody deserves to have their own space. We just need to kind of maybe take it off the cars. (laughs) Um, There's a really cool, I don't remember who did it, but there's a really cool report and um, uh, website that can show you all the real estate that's been taken up by car parks and roading throughout the city And I don't know if someone's done it for Wellington, but I think the one from Auckland was something like 51% of, like, the urbanised area was, uh, like, road infrastructure and car parking, which is ridiculous. Mm. And then we think about that we have no more space to go for housing and for, like... Cycleways, and you're like there's no room like there is room you don't need it (laughs) with your one person car (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) that's what we were trying to get gabriella to say the whole time got got angry
0: (laughs) um, yeah yeah, i'm feeling that might be your passion (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah so uh, what are your personal future plans are you going to keep working in this area
2: um. Yeah, I love this area. It's um, super interesting, and I think my favorite part about that is uh, really like the, the social implications of everything that we do in this sector. Um, and in urbanism in general, it's about people first and foremost. Um, and we get to do that in lots of different and exciting ways. Like things like transport have huge social and equity implications about if you bring, like, a public transport system around to lower-income areas, you open up opportunities for employment and for community and for um, just livability for people that otherwise would have been excluded because they can't afford a car um, or can't afford the transport in and out of the city. So so it's called Woman and Urbanism, but it's yeah. kind of helping everybody. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the accessibility and diversity and well-being. Mm-hmm. That can't be a bad thing. No. So if anybody wants to look us up, their website is called womaninurban.org.nz or well, there's also um, a really great Facebook group and a Facebook page. should be easy enough to find. Um, so that was Gabriela Jimenez Rojas. Thank you so much for that. That was really interesting. And um, all power to you. Thanks.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Kia ora. Thanks, Wellington. This has been uh, B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio. Find us online, listen to the podcast, and we'll catch you next week.
2: That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.